You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This one's for Pat. The ball is free. Denver's got a touchdown, Denver. Here's your host of Locked On Broncos, NFL analyst Cody Rourke. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Locked On Broncos here on the Locked On Podcast Network, part of the Locked On NFL branch. This is your host, Cody Rourke, writer and contributor over at PredominantlyOrange.com, covering all things orange and blue, as well as an NFL analyst covering the Denver Broncos nationally. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, and be sure to follow the show, Locked On Broncos, on Twitter at Locked On Broncos. Now, On today's episode, we're going to talk about, obviously, Josh Allen visiting the Denver Broncos today for his pre-draft visit. We're going to analyze the history between the two. And obviously, I don't think that the Denver Broncos are going to draft Josh Allen. I don't think he's on their radar, but they're going to bring him in for a visit. Um, And that's just something we normally see with a lot of NFL draft prospects. So we'll talk about Josh Allen's visit to the Mile High City today. And obviously, Brandon Marshall received a big award, big accolade that he can uh, be proud of over the weekend. We'll talk about what that award was and obviously talk about Kayvon Webster being released by the Los Angeles Rams and could he be reunited with the Denver Broncos? Obviously, just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft starting up. That's going to be huge. The Broncos currently hold the fifth pick in the NFL draft. There's a lot of speculation whether or not they're going to stay at five or if they're going to move up to number two, which has been discussed as a possibility, or if they're going to trade back with the Buffalo Bills. There's a lot of different elements hanging in the balance here, but uh, we'll talk about the here a little bit later on Locked On Broncos, but uh, a lot of cool stuff around the National Football League. Obviously, last week, your Broncos rundown is the Denver Broncos signed Marquette King, formerly of the Oakland Raiders, to a three-year deal for the Denver Broncos, and that opens up Riley Dixon to be traded or just to remain on the roster as a guy to push Marquette King. You know, Marquette King, it's no secret, has a phenomenal leg in the National Football League. Factor in, two, when we looked a few years ago around the National Football League, the two best punters were... Pat McAfee and Marquette King. And the dynamic here is that Marquette King now has Tom McMahon, who used to be the special teams coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts when Pat McAfee was over there punting for them. He's the guy in Denver now. So obviously I'm very excited to see what Tom McMahon can do with the Denver Broncos special teams unit. Adding Marquette King makes him a little bit more scarier. Imagine that, you know, the main concern with Marquette King was his ability to get penalties for taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, I figure if he boots an 80-yard punt, you know, I guess you can take 15 yards to make it a, a you know, a 65-yard punt. You know, field position is a big thing for the Denver Broncos and special teams last year really hindered the Broncos in field positions in terms of when they were punting or kicking the ball away or when they were returning and Isaiah McKenzie or they'd have a, you know, a muff on kick return or punt return. I think that game is going to change dramatically for the Denver Broncos in 2018. And the addition of Marquette absolutely makes them dangerous in the AFC West. Now the question is, can Brandon McManus get his head on straight. Ever since he received the contract extension prior to the Broncos' week one game against the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday Night Football, McManus was good last year for the Denver Broncos, and the year prior in the playoffs didn't miss a single uh, field goal in the 2015 playoff run where they won the Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. He was phenomenal. However, 2016, he had that kind of up and down 
type of year. Not too bad. Then last year was absolutely uncharacteristic of what we're accustomed to with Brandon McManus. Can he get his act together? Can he keep his head on? And can he just stay consistent with kicking field goals? He struggled sometimes kicking 29-yard field goals. He missed those. He missed a couple extra points. That's very uncharacteristic of a guy who's been in the National Football League for many years. And you have to wonder if that contract extension, you know, I don't know what changes. Is there any kind of psychological thing that changes with these players after they receive their guaranteed money? I'm not sure. You know, you know, do they change their approach? I'm sure some guys do. But other than that, the work should still remain the same. We've seen that from Von Miller. Got paid a lot of money, well over $100 million, and nothing has changed in his work ethic. No decline in production whatsoever from Von Miller. So Brandon McManus, I wouldn't be surprised to bring in somebody to push him for some competition. That's one thing Vance Joseph and John Elway said they need to do on the special team side of the ball is they need to bring in some guys that are going to push these guys to where nobody feels comfortable. And in the National Football League, you can never feel too comfortable with where you're at and obviously what you're doing on the special team side of the ball. If you have nobody pushing you a kicker, you're not going to have a lot of competition, and so you can kind of go through the motions a little bit. Brandon McManus absolutely responded well to competition when Connor Barth was here in, the, in Denver. Connor Barth was a guy who couldn't kick a long field goal, but you know all the short stuff he was pretty much money from. Accurate, extra points, accurate. And Brandon McManus was a guy who could boot long field goals, but consistency in terms of accuracy that was the main question with McManus and so when you have some competition there obviously that pushed Brandon McManus to be the guy that took over the job for Connor Barth and that's what Connor Barth you know unfortunately realized uh, in National Football League you can never get too complacent so hopefully Brandon McManus can realize the same thing that Connor Barth did and make some changes and maybe even see a sports psychologist or watch Blue Mountain State when their kicker couldn't figure out how to kick a field goal You know, that's just the dynamic of the game. But hoping to see a lot of good things out of McManus and obviously special teams in 2018. So before we get into our first segment, I want to tell you guys about all the amazing things we have going on over here in Denver. Now, the Denver Nuggets are flying high. The Colorado Avalanche have clinched a playoff spot and the Denver Nuggets are looking to get into the playoffs. They have two tough games remaining tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. Get to Pepsi Center tonight. Check out the Denver Nuggets. Tough, tough divisional game. And then they finish it up on Wednesday with the divisional game on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. If the Denver Nuggets win these two games, they are in the playoffs. If you lose one, it's unlikely that you're going to make the playoffs. And the Denver Nuggets are absolutely fun to watch right now, winning five in a row. Catch Adam Matas, host of Locked On Nuggets. He has you covered with all the latest news and analysis of all things Denver Nuggets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, part of the Locked On NBA branch. Like I said, huge game tonight, Altitude TV, Denver Nuggets taking on the Portland Trailblazers here in the Mile High City. If you're in Denver, go to the game. Pack the Pepsi Center. Get it rocking. That playoff atmosphere, it's going to be a big game here tonight in Denver. So Adam Aras has you covered with all of the recap on tonight's episode of Locked On Nuggets. Be sure to catch that after the game here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's jump into our first segment now. Today, the Denver Broncos visited with Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen. He came to Denver today to meet with Vance Joseph, the coaching staff, John Elway, and and do a little bit of a workout. Obviously, the pre-draft process for most draft-eligible players, they always take visits. And it was no question that Josh Allen would take a visit with the Denver Broncos 
The Broncos have already met with Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen as quarterbacks. They've brought them in and, and they've worked them out. They've interviewed them. Josh uh, Rosen out of UCLA was a guy that they brought in, had dinner with one night, and also had a full extensive interview the next day last week. And obviously Sam Darnold, they had a private workout with Sam Darnold, sent some guys over there. Obviously not the full brass that they sent to Oklahoma to see Baker Mayfield or LA to see Josh Rosen, but they send guys out there to see Sam Darnold work out privately. And now Josh Allen is visiting Denver. He he visited today, and obviously there's some ties there with Josh Allen and the Denver Broncos coaching staff. They had the opportunity to work with Josh Allen in the Senior Bowl, part of the coaching staff. And Josh Allen in the Senior Bowl, you know, he played limited time, but he threw for 158 yards and two touchdowns, working with Bill Musgrave and obviously Coach Sullivan, quarterback's coach for the Denver Broncos. They had a lot of good stuff going on there. And and one thing, you know, I noticed from both Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen is that both guys are very coachable. Now, Josh Allen is the guy in this year's draft at the quarterback position that many people believe is the guy that isn't going to be who everybody thinks he's going to be. He's got a big arm, no question about it, but can he be consistent? Can he be an accurate guy that can stand in the pocket and deliver big throws? A lot of comparisons that are being made to him right now is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford came into the NFL with uh, you know inconsistencies in terms of accuracy. I believe it was mid-50s uh, in terms of completion percentage. Josh Allen at 56%. I believe Matthew Stafford was around 56 57% completion percentage coming out of college and now you have the same dynamic a guy who can absolutely chuck the ball which is huge but you have to be able to be accurate and that was one thing a lot of people were talking about with packs and lynches he can get the ball down the field but can he be accurate now if you're if you if you had the intangibles of being an accurate quarterback in the national football league that's going to keep you in the game a lot longer let's look at tom brady tom brady most of his passes when you go back and you watch a patriots game they are absolutely mid uh I would have to say short level to mid level throws and he makes those throws consistently and then obviously occasionally you do see the deep ball you do see some deeper past 20 yard type type throws and I think when you can mix it up a little bit and you can hit those short dink and dunk passes and obviously the intermediate routes uh, across the field, those are very important. If you can be accurate in that element of your game, you can manage the game. And that's something we saw Peyton Manning do. Most successful National Football League quarterbacks, they can throw the short stuff. They can throw the intermediate to mid-deep type routes and obviously throws. And then obviously they can hit the deep ball when it counts. But a lot of times we just look at Josh Allen as a guy who just likes to throw the deep ball. And he's highly inconsistent, highly inaccurate in terms of intermediate to short routes, sometimes too high, sometimes behind a receiver, sometimes a little too in front of the receiver. And obviously, that has been the question mark, the big uh, question that a lot of scouts have had on paper when they go back and they watch Josh Allen's film. And obviously, he's surrounded around him. Not a lot of Division One, not a lot of NFL talent that's coming out of the Division One product of Wyoming, obviously. Didn't have a lot of guys, a lot of supporting cast guys around him uh, compared to last Last year, you know, so I think a lot of things with Josh Allen is he's the risky pick in this year's NFL draft. And I don't think the Denver Broncos pick him. I think the Denver Broncos are going to go Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen. I'm firm and sticking to my prediction. And obviously you can catch us on Did You See That Now TV here on Twitter here in the next two weeks as we have a live draft television show, a panel of analysts breaking down each pick as they happen We'll tweet out the link at Cody Work NFL and at DYST underscore now where you can have access to it as well. So look forward to that. Obviously, with Mike Ortiz Jr., that's going to be a fun element to do. But obviously, Josh Allen, my bold prediction, he's going to the New York Jets. 
So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And obviously we'll see come April 26, a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. Very excited about that. So uh, over the weekend, also some Broncos news. Brandon Marshall received the 50th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award for Courage. And this brought on some controversy all week on Twitter. If you went to Twitter, you can go to his post where he, you know, tweeted out the picture of him receiving the award and and what he received it for. And obviously, when we go back to Brandon Marshall, he received a lot of hatred, a lot of negativity due to him kneeling this past season. That was the big concern. And he was receiving death threats. His family, his mother was receiving negative tweets. People that are associated with Brandon Marshall were receiving negative tweets, threatening messages because of his role this year and taking a knee. Now, here's my issue with that. Okay. Brandon Marshall, I don't think he was a big distraction. I don't really think he was. Maybe at first a little bit, you know, because everybody in the National Football League was kind of doing it. And now all of a sudden, you know, a guy on your team is starting to do it. You know, he, he's very active in his community. As a Denver Bronco, and that's one thing I really applaud about Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall was not just a guy who's, who took a knee and didn't do anything. Brandon Marshall was an advocate, a, a vocal voice for change, and that's awesome. You know, guys in the community that, that represent change and they do things to make change possible, I have a lot of respect for that. Now, he plays a major role in the community. Obviously, he has some programs out there that works to keep kids in school, and he, he does a lot of giving back to the community. But he also played a role in the Denver Police Department, changing their use of force policy. That was one thing that, that why a lot of people were taking a knee and protesting what has happened in America. Now, I'm not going to turn the show into anything political. I'm just going to give you the quick summary of what happened. Brandon Marshall was a big advocate for Police, understanding why police use the force that they do when they deem it necessary in those situations. Brandon Marshall just didn't sit on the internet or just sit out there and say, look, you know, there's some injustice going on in our country in terms of law enforcement and African American people. Well, Brandon Marshall actually went inside the Denver PD, went on a ride along, and also spoke with members of the Denver Police Department, the chief of police, and they talked about what they could do to make things better. And obviously that talk went a long ways because the Denver Police Department did change their use of force policy. That is what we're talking about with athletes that become activists. Now, you're going to get the obviously occasional people saying, well, stick to sports. Well, you know what? I like the athletes that have a platform that can use it for positive things. And that's what Brandon Marshall did. Now, obviously, a lot of people have a lot of heat on the kneeling thing. And obviously, I see a lot of bots on Facebook groups, on social media, threatening Brandon Marshall, saying negative things about Brandon Marshall for his role in taking a knee. Well, after certain amount of weeks, Brandon Marshall stopped taking a knee. Brandon Marshall stood for the anthem. I don't know if a lot of people followed that. They followed off the the few times that he did take a knee. Absolutely. Well, he also advocated in the community for change and he went out and made that possible. So I have no disdain towards Brandon Marshall. He took a stand for something he believed in and he also followed through with it, which is super important in terms of if you're going to, if you believe in something, stand up for it, fight for it and make it known that, you know, you're not just going to say you want change. You're going to do whatever you can to make change possible, or at least bring awareness and education to the situation. So Brandon Marshall received the 50th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award for courage for stepping up and talking about these issues that are very prevalent in our country today. So Pretty awesome news there. Uh, also on another front, just some speculation here, but, uh, you know, Kayvon Webster, former Denver Bronco, huge guy on special teams for the Denver Broncos in 2015, underway to Phillips, and even prior to that, Kayvon Webster was a guy that played a nickel corner, dime corner type role for the Denver Broncos. Didn't really get a start unless Akeem Talib or Chris Harris Jr. was hurt, but Kayvon Webster was a reliable defensive back for the Denver Broncos. Now, 
He obviously went to the Los Angeles Rams to team up with Wade Phillips. And, you know, that that Rams defense was absolutely dominant. But with all their offseason moves that they made this year with Marcus Peters and obviously Aqib Tlaib being back there, they have a lot of cornerbacks right now on their roster. So they released Kayvon Webster, who unfortunately last year tore his Achilles in action and missed a lot of games. And the Achilles injury is absolutely tough. So a lot of people are talking about it. Even Denver Broncos players, Chris Harris Jr., Brandon Marshall, they're talking about it on social media. Let's bring back Kayvon Webster. And that's a move I'm all for. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts about this. So tweet them to me at Cody Rourke NFL. But I want Kayvon Webster to come back to the Denver Broncos for one of two reasons. You lose a guy on special teams like Cody Latimer, a guy who was a gunner that got down and obviously filled the ball at the two and made a lot of big plays. You lose him to the New York Giants. You really right now don't have a lot of guys that on paper that you've seen that have a lot of experience in terms of being an impact playmaker on special teams. The Broncos lost another guy in Corey Nelson, who was a guy that was a special teams ace and also was a role player on the Denver Broncos defense. Now you bring back Kayvon Webster, you get a guy who can be that gunner on punt that can have that big impact. I think he can have a bigger impact on punt than Cody Latimer did. We've seen numerous times throughout his career in Denver, Kayvon Webster flying down the field and making big plays, making big tackles, and obviously on punts that were going out of bounds, he would save it. And that's something you need, especially with a punter like Marquette King. So Kayvon Webster also can provide the Denver Broncos with some depth at cornerback. And here's why. I'm not officially sold yet on Tremaine Brock. Now, Tremaine Brock has all preseason, all training camp to prove me wrong. Absolutely. But when we go back and we look on paper, I like Kayvon Webster a little bit more because I'm more familiar with Kayvon Webster. So you have Brennan Langley, a young guy in the Broncos secondary. Obviously, Chris Harris Jr., Bradley Roby. I just don't think that Tremaine Brock is going to compete for the number two cornerback position spot with Bradley Roby. I think Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. are your one and your two. And I think if you bring in a guy like Kayvon Webster, he'll be your three. And then Brennan Langley can develop a little bit more. But obviously, there's some familiarity there between, obviously, defensive coordinator Joe Woods and Kayvon Webster. You know, Joe Woods was the defensive backs coach for the Denver Broncos when Kayvon Webster was around. So that's a big thing that I really want to look at. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on bringing Kayvon Webster back to Denver. I like the move. I think Broncos players want that move to happen. And a lot of fans that I've seen on Twitter have also said that they want Kayvon Webster back in the orange and blue. But the question is, will he be willing to come here? I think he would, but will the Broncos be willing to make him an offer? We'll have to see. There's some obviously some areas they need to address still, potentially at the position of tight end. You might want to bring in a veteran free agency. You know, rumors have been linked to obviously Mercedes Lewis, who was released from the Jacksonville Jaguars, longtime Jaguars player. Could he be a guy that the Denver Broncos bring in? I'm not sure if we're done seeing the Broncos make moves yet, but my gut feeling is telling me we won't see any more free agency moves for the Denver Broncos that involve signing anybody till after the draft. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on over here at Lockdown Broncos. Tweet me your thoughts on Kayvon Webster, Brandon Marshall, and obviously Josh Allen's visit to the Denver Broncos today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review for Locked On Broncos. Tell us why you love the show. And, and it's actually kind of funny because I was checking the reviews last week and I saw a review from somebody that said, uh, Cody is an Elway apologist and doesn't really bring a unique perspective. You know what? I respect everybody's opinion, but I just don't think that that one was actually correct in terms of me being an Elway apologist. 
John, I've said it here objectively. John Elway has made a lot of errors on this Denver Broncos organization. That's the nature of the game. You're going to make moves that don't necessarily work out. That's the evolution of being a general manager. But John Elway's track record does speak for itself. John Elway has done a lot of phenomenal things to make this Denver Broncos organization relevant and competitive since he took over. And I don't think that's going to change. The standard is still set on world championships every year, competing and getting back to that position. And so far, every move that the Denver Broncos and John Elway have made here in the offseason support that notion. So I'm not an Elway apologist. I, I did get a little crack up out of that. And, uh, you know, if, if I don't offer a unique perspective, you don't have to listen. But like I said, I love engaging with everybody on Twitter, on social media, wherever it may be, on the Periscope broadcast for Locked On Broncos that take the time to engage with me, ask me questions, and even debate friendly with me. I love that stuff. You know, you guys as listeners make the show what it is, and we're getting back into the full-time swing of things. New episode every single day. The offseason's a slow time, but now it's picking up, and we're going to keep rolling until the end of the year. So that's going to be big stuff here. Look forward to having some awesome guests from around the Locked On Podcast Network. Obviously, here soon, we're going to have Ryan Tracy, Chris Clark, hosts of Locked On Chiefs, to talk about the AFC West as the NFL draft approaches. And obviously, that following the NFL draft, there was going to be some big moves. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes taking over as quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. So we'll talk about that here on Locked On Broncos. Be sure to give us a follow at Cody Work NFL at Locked On Broncos. Once again, this is your host, Cody Work, saying good night and go Broncos.